Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April and I'm here with my good buddy Seth. Seth the Robinson, how are you? I'm good. It feels like it's been a really quiet week, so we're ending it off with a bang, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It has been. Uh, for me, it's been a little bit of a heads down week. It's been unseasonably warm here. We're getting a little bit of that Indian summer kind of thing going on here in New England. Um, but I feel winter on the way as well. But yeah, kind of quiet. I have a quiet weekend coming up too. I've got nothing going on, um, which is kind of nice for me, at least. I'm yeah, really- I'm going to see my son at college. So uh, very fun. Yeah, we'll be we'll be busy. Yeah. So uh, I have no idea what we're going to do. You know, every time I've asked him what he wants to do, it's, you know, I don't know. I think we're going to go to the football game. But uh, other than yeah. that, we'll just hang out. So keep the tailgate go wild right yeah right you know me really wild so yeah <laughs> so well, yeah like i like i said on a, yeah. on a high though yeah right ending it on a high note uh we we talked a little bit last time about cybersecurity using the latest research that uh, that we've done here at compte on cybersecurity but we wanted for this episode to kind of get out of the research and talk about what's going on in the real world uh, and since you and i are just in research land, we had to bring in someone else to talk about the real world. So we are really happy to welcome today Ricardo Frost. He is the VP and CIO at RFK Solutions. Ricardo, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Carolyn, for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Good to have you. Welcome aboard here. Um, we're excited. This is a uh, cybersecurity month, right, Seth? We, we've decided this is definitely a thing. Um, so we're trying to pepper the month with some good insights. And as Seth mentioned, we really focused on um, data that we collected and research that we did last time around. But now mm-hmm. we'd like to talk with somebody who uh, interfaces with the uh, the public and, and, and people with real problems out there with cybersecurity or trying to grapple with it. Because as we know, it's the, uh, what is it, the problem that never goes away? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Ricardo, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about what you all do at RFK Solutions? Okay, thank you again, Seth. So at RFK Solutions, we're a training and uh, services facility. Uh, what we do, we train military and government personnel, like 90% of our clients are military and gov- government personnel, and we train them in some of the certifications that you guys offer to include Security Plus, Network Plus, um, CASP. Um, the name, just a few of those certifications that we know all know and deem to be important for the cybersecurity realm and world. Um, and we also provide uh, services to include uh, consulting uh, for a lot of organizations and companies that may have some issues or hiccups with their cybersecurity uh, infrastructure. That's great. Yeah. So I think you'll be you'll be perfect to uh, to talk to us about what you're seeing out there. I think we wanted to start out by just asking, what do you what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes that companies are making now? Security has changed a lot in the past 10 years, especially, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different ways of doing things and maybe some companies haven't caught up. But what do you see out there as the biggest mistake that companies are making today? Well, self, what you said initially is really kind of what, what the problem is. I believe that technology is advancing and changing so frequently and so fast um, that companies don't know, I believe, where to start. Um, so in my opinion, I believe that they need to establish some type of cybersecurity budget um, that focuses on cybersecurity as a whole 
to identify some of the holes or problems that they may have within the infrastructure of their network. I think companies are not putting the the emphasis into cybersecurity the way that they should because it's an unknown variable or they don't have any idea as to where to start. So would you say, it sounds like you're saying that that most companies don't think about it in a strategic sense. Absolutely. Um, they're still Absolutely. in a tactical mode where they're putting fires out as opposed to planning ahead? Absolutely, Carolyn. Thank you. I, I really do believe that that's the case, that when it comes to their strategic, most companies' strategic planning, cybersecurity is normally like the afterthought. It's not something that's implemented within their strategic planning when they're doing all these other types of budget and everything like that for their company and their organization. I think cybersecurity is like the redheaded stepchild that kind of gets left out in the cold. <laughs> Be nice to the gingers out there. <laughs> we love our redheaded friends. We do. Um, so, so, you know, what do we do about that? How do we encourage companies to invest more to understand? I mean, to me, this seems like it would be the thing they would fear the most as a company, especially a smaller firm that uh, could be wiped out by, you know, a, a data breach and just simply not have the resources to be able to rebound and recover from that. Sure. Um, what is the message that isn't getting to companies to make this be a strategic part of their planning? First of all, I think it needs to have training. They need to have training. They need to go to some of those uh, black hat conferences uh, some of those other types of conferences that are out there where you have some of the cybersecurity experts, hackers and attackers, for that matter, so that they can actually hear some of the um, breaches that have been done and some of the new attacks and attack tools that are being utilized to uh, kind of facilitate a lot of these breaches. I think awareness is one of the key things when it comes to the executive or the C-level people within the organization that they need to be able to identify with. I think you know, I, obviously the IT world or the IT element of a company probably understands and gets it, yeah. but it's it's the point of getting the C-level executives on board with what, what's really happening in the world. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great point. Uh, you know, you, you're talking about some things that we've we've seen in our data, you know, in terms of companies saying that when they when they send their people out to do training, what what comes back is one of the biggest things that helps them change their cybersecurity approach. And then back to your original point about budgets, we've talked for quite a while about the need for that budget to probably increase as cybersecurity is becoming more proactive and more complex. But I think more recently, one of the things that we're starting to see is that companies really struggle in knowing how to increase that budget because to your point, they didn't really have a budget to begin with. Like maybe they had a line item for firewall. We're going to upgrade our firewall this year. Or we're going to install a new antivirus, but they didn't have a comprehensive budget around cybersecurity. And, and they probably need to do that, but it's becoming even more challenging because cybersecurity is woven into all of these different objectives, you know, that they might have. Um, aside from training, if, if we're talking about budget and, and what, where companies need to invest, what are some of the other top investments that you think they should be making? Well, for me, I think a good I think a good rule of thumb would be not even a rule of thumb for that for that matter. I really believe that depending on where you're working at or depending on the element that they're working in within their organization or what industry that they're working in, they should have somebody that actually comes out and kind of audits them. Uh, I believe audits are very important to your cybersecurity well-being and your health. And it kind of points you in the right direction as to where you can apply your budgetary requirements, what where you need to invest um, your budget uh, dollars when it comes to like equipment, when it comes to uh, personnel, 
if you have an audit or if you have an assessment from somebody outside of your organization that are considered to be quote unquote cybersecurity experts, I think that would be a great tool or resource that's utilized to be able to point most organizations in the right direction. Yeah, that's good advice for almost any major change you're going to be doing within your organization. We found in other studies, you know, companies that are making business model decisions, you're going to switch from this type of model to another type of model before you bother making that switch. Take a look at how you do things today and see where you have problems or what you're doing well and where you don't need to spend the extra dollars, but, you know, and and, and jettison over to a different area. But I think the idea of an audit is uh wise for pretty much every company to matter, especially if they're trying to make a new decision about where to spend money. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think I think audits and uh, assessments. I mean, again, you know, a lot of times you already have organizations that are part of certain industries that are that have to adhere to apply to certain audits or certain types of uh, policies or procedures because of the industry that they may be in, especially like the medical industry. When we think about HIPAA, a lot of the HIPAA requirements fall in lines with cybersecurity because of the, the, you know, the delicate information that most people may have access to that's in that industry. And they typically have some type of step by step instructions or some type of guidance that most companies and organizations can refer to to be able to kind of better their security uh, element within their environment. You know, an, an audit obviously is bringing in someone from the outside uh, to to take a look at this, and and we deal quite a bit, you know, with um, channel companies, you know, IT firms that are that are partnering with clients in order to to solve technology problems. I'm curious, when it comes to these audits, I don't know how much visibility you might have had to this, but if a company has an IT solution provider that they're working with, and and they decide that they want to get serious about cybersecurity. Are they finding that that solution provider is typically ready to come in and do an audit or are they needing to go find like a cybersecurity specialist to do the audit? Do you have much uh, insight into that? Well, when it comes to that, um, I know I can only speak mostly from a government space. And um, one of the things that I've seen uh, that the government is implementing, you know, and in the process of implementing it right now is uh um, when it comes to your your content or your cybersecurity maturity uh, maturity model um, that they that they're implementing with any of the outside resources when it comes to like uh, um, contractors. So in order for contractors to have access to any government information or material, they have to have a certain type of maturity level applied to that company or that organization, which stems from level one to level five, depending on the the level of uh, access and and also the level of uh sensitivity that this information may hold um so i think that that is the government typically tends to lead the way a lot of times and most big businesses and even small businesses for that matter typically kind of fall in line with what they see the government doing so i think that that would be a great you know resource or attribute that's um that's being utilized for that particular purpose that's interesting. I'm I'm curious your take on whether the government right now is more mature in its dealings around cybersecurity than corporate America. If you've ever thought about who's who's doing a better job right now, I think it depends on different because you got different um, levels and layers within the government, right? So you have organizations that have a more of a robust cybersecurity intentional type of uh, uh, infrastructure that they try to implement. Um, 
And then you have, uh, just like with any large organization, you're going to have weaker links within that government that are not adhering to or following the policies or procedures as closely as they probably should. Now, I will give uh, the government some credit. They have had some hiccups in the past, a couple of black eyes and things like that, but they're doing their best to try to improve upon those. And um, the, the, the cybersecurity maturity model is one of those efforts that they're trying to do to, to basically improve any uh, organization that not may not be native to the government, that's actually, actually having access to government resources to make sure that they vet them and, and make sure that their cybersecurity awareness is up to their standards. Um, as far as commercial, I, I don't know when it comes to big business, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, I'm sure we just saw what happened with Facebook, you know what I mean, a, a couple of days ago. Um, a lot, the first thing that I thought about when that happened to Facebook and Instagram was that it was some type of cybersecurity attack. And they assured us that it wasn't, that it was, you know, that it was too secure. Um, the reason why they had the uh, outages because of all the extra security that they implemented. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting the way you describe the government, you know, and just having different layers and different uh, government organizations might have had um, previously more of a focus on cybersecurity. And so they're a little more prepared. I, I think we find that that's kind of what you see out in corporate America as well. You know, the larger companies or maybe companies that are in regulated industries or or companies that have understood the space a little bit more, uh, you know, they, they've got their cybersecurity practices, you know, pretty sharp, sure. and and they're usually trying to stay ahead of the curve. And then you've got a lot of companies that maybe have deprioritized cybersecurity for a long time, and 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 now they're they're trying to catch up, uh, and there there's a long ways to go to catch up. I think also what you what you're saying, self. Thank you for that. Uh, when it comes to like you know, organizations, especially, especially that's in the space uh, where they're selling products and, and services, um, you know, cybersecurity may be a hindrance to that to a certain degree um, that, you know, they want to make sure that they get those products and services to their customers as quickly as possible. Um, I just actually, it's, it's funny, it's ironic that we're having this conversation today because I was just actually talking to my security folks, which is ADT, and ADT has implemented within their policies and processes that you have multi-factor authentication. And the gentleman that I was speaking to at the time told me that a lot of users of the ADT product don't like the multi-factor authentication. <laughs> they think it's a hindrance to, to what it is that they need to get done. They don't want to get a, a, a text message with, you know, an authorization type of number or any yeah. of that stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, so you got a lot of people, a lot of customers, you know, what I mean, that are driving the notion of believing that that's more of a hindrance than it is some type of a benefit to what they're doing. So I thought we'd switch gears um, and talk a little bit about some of the tools that you're seeing. And, and, and specifically, I wanted your thoughts on automation. We talk about that. It's a broad category, obviously. But um, thinking about it in the context of cybersecurity, you know, how can automation be applied and can it be applied safely or, you know, putting people's minds at rest that it's an automated process, but trust me, it's still going to be secure as if a human were doing it. I think it's even better. I mean, I really, you know, your a lot of your products on that and a lot of the training that you go about teaching when it comes to CompTIA, they talk on the fact that automation is something that's a lot more secure than it is with a human being because human beings are prone to making errors. Not that it's intentional or sometimes <laughs> it, may, it may be an intentional uh, thing, 
But with automation, you remove the human element altogether. And, and what the automation will do is it's a set of programs and, and decision making that happens without a human being ever having to have to touch any any part of that process. So I think it's great. I think automation is is the wave of the future. I think automation uh, helps to limit it, 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 And as a matter of fact, it helps with the budget. You know what I mean? So if you have uh, automated tools, vice having human beings being interactive within that process, that's one less salary or two less salaries or three less salaries that you have to pay for because automation is now taking control of that area. Are you so, finding with automation that uh, there's there's maybe a, a few low-hanging fruit that company can go after and, and then all of a sudden it gets difficult? I, I tend to think of automation tying in with complexity and also tying in with maybe the way that data is getting used. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to tie back in data as a feedback loop, and I, I think we've seen that data management and data analysis is, is an area that companies might struggle with a little bit. Um, and, and so as all of these things tie together and as maybe the, the usage tries to get a little bit more advanced, do you see companies maybe jumping in and feeling like, okay, we've got our arms around this. And then as soon as they try to make it a little bit more advanced or, or complicated, they, they find that maybe their skills aren't quite up to speed. I think that's, that's most, I, one of the things with security, because for me, from what I've seen and, and, and for conversations that I've had with other professionals is that it's like the, the boogeyman, so to speak. You know, once you think you got a, a grasp or a hold of the security that you need to have, then there's a new update or there's a new technology. You know, you, you can see throughout these last 10 years or so where technology has changed rapidly. Um, so it's kind of hard to keep up. You know, you, you we went from, you know, being able to do everything in, on premise to now we have the Internet of Things and we have the cloud and we're using social media as a platform to be able to sell products or the uh, platform to be able to advertise our products. Mm -hmm. All of these are different areas where cybersecurity should be implemented. You know, what I mean, but at the same time, uh, companies and organizations, once they get over one hump or the, let's say the social media hump, now we have the Internet of Things hump that we have to get over. And most of the times it goes and reverts back to what I said earlier when it comes to the C-level executives. They don't understand the risk that may be involved with bringing in this new technology or the shiny new thing, um, but they want it incorporated within their environment. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of education that's involved here. And that's a good segue into, you You mentioned, you know, all of the different um new areas like IoT and social media that you can be getting into that will require cybersecurity oversight. Um, but there's also the element of attacks and breaches and all of that information being out there. And how do you advise your the people that you're working with and, and the, you know, the government workers you're working with, where should they be getting their information about potential threats, about potential opportunities for new types of tools that they should be using? Anything along those lines, like where are the best places for them to go to find out what they need? Um, CompTIA is always a great reference. Well, <laughs> <laughs> CompTIA does, a, you know, because of what you guys do as far as your research, um, you know, that's a very valuable resource that I think a lot of organizations can refer to. But then you have places like FireEye, you know, what I mean, which is another organization that uh, kind of helps with uh, giving you the resources that you need to learn about new threat actors, new activities that are happening. What's what are the latest and greatest threats? You got your CVE uh, websites. Uh, you got your uh, your uh, 
you know, your CBE database that tells you about some of the latest and greatest vulnerabilities that are out there so that a, a cybersecurity professional can kind of address those vulnerabilities along with the, the resolve, reservation, the being able to resolve those vulnerabilities as well. Uh, so I think, you know, CVEs, uh, websites, uh, going to conferences is another great thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. Black hat conferences, things like that are great resources to be able to kind of help educate and put those cyber professionals in the right vein for cybersecurity and where is that with this latest technology. Yeah, we promised we weren't just uh, fishing for a compliment there, but yeah, we certainly we'll take, we'll, we'll <laughs> appreciate the shout out. Hey, but you earned it, though. You guys put a <laughs> yeah. lot of work into it. Um, again, I'm I'm, a, I'm an instructor as well. One of the things that I do is I, I is I facilitate and teach some of your uh, products, and you have great information and great resources that you can refer people to. Well, I had a question along those lines from a workforce pers perspective. I know you do uh, training and you're you know, obviously trying to encourage people to get into cybersecurity careers. If you're looking at a, a younger, someone in their 20s today with an interest in technology, a, a, a big interest right now in cybersecurity, what are the, what's the number one thing you're, you, you tell this person that they should focus on um, to break in? All right. Going back, I, not this is not a shameless plug, but it's a it's a plug nevertheless. It's the truth. You guys have this thing called the cybersecurity or a, a roadmap, or a certification roadmap. Most of the time, when I have somebody that comes to me and they tell me that they they're interested in cybersecurity, especially if they not don't have any um, previous uh, experience in this industry and they they're coming in cold. Um, I tell them to follow your roadmap, which is A plus, network plus, and security plus to get that foundational base that they would need uh, to be able to go wherever they want to go once they've gotten those foundational uh, those foundational values and principles under their belt. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see the space changing out there and, and cybersecurity roles getting a little bit more specialized. But uh, yeah. so often, yeah, companies are still tying it back to saying, well, you need to know something about the infrastructure. You need to know something about what it is that you're securing. Um, right. So, so, yeah, that's that's kind of why we, we keep the pathway the way it is. But, um, you know, this has been a great conversation. I think this has added a lot of you know, uh, flavor to to the, the data that we collect. So, you know, Ricardo, again, we really appreciate you coming on. We'll give you the last word here. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you're seeing out there that's a, a really big deal that you want to leave us with? Yeah. First and foremost, thank you again, Seth and Carolyn, for inviting me and allowing me to be a part of this. It's, I've been really uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, one final word that I would probably have is, uh, again, new technology. Uh, before long, you know, we talk about Teslas and these uh, self-driving vehicles. Once the infrastructure is incorporated throughout our country, uh, these self-driving vehicles, they're, they're kind of in a prototype phase right now. They're going to actually become online full-fledged. It's, it's something else that uh, the consumer, when they think about getting these self-driving vehicles, they really need to do their research to find out you know, exactly how these self-driving vehicles operate, you know, how do you do downloads or updates with these self-driving vehicles? So for me, I just think that the next thing in the cybersecurity chain would be, you know, uh, vehicles, self-driving vehicles, things of that nature. Interesting. We don't want to get self-driving vehicles gone, run amok, right? Exactly. Uh, that'll be a problem. <laughs> exactly. All kind of traffic jams, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that might be the, the, the least of the issues, hopefully. But um, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of it. So. Yeah. 
Well, thanks, Ricardo. It was really great having you on, and hopefully we can uh, chat again in the future. So thanks for coming. Thank you again. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, and thanks, as always, to our producer, Andrew McMillan. And Carolyn, I will talk to you next time. Sounds good.